Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So now we're at, today we're in uh, chapter 17 of John. But before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you. I come before you seeking out your will. Thanking you for loving us when in reality, you know, I'm very unlovable. Yet you love me anyways. You bless me with insights and your Holy Spirit guides me. So I pray, Father, today as we read your word and we read the words of Charles Spurgeon, I just pray that our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be open to you, that we would understand more of who you are, understand more of your love for us so that we could you know, love, love you with our whole being and ourselves, I mean our neighbors as ourselves. Father, I lift up this time, I lift up this, this day to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I think at times there's also we need to love ourselves. I know for myself, I'm really good at pointing out all my flaws and being pretty critical of myself. A friend of mine told me that the other day, actually about a month ago. And uh, so I just think that we need to see others as God sees them. But I think we also need to see ourselves as God does too. And with that, let's go ahead and jump on into chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus had said this, he looked, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I find it interesting that he says that he uses the words, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, as if they're, as if Jesus is a separate person from him as he's praying. Verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I pray. I am not praying for the world. But for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture could be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. 
I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to you or brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So Christ is about to go meet his his earthly end in a most terrible fashion. And his, his focus, his thoughts are not upon himself and woe is me. Instead, he's thinking about us. He's thinking about me. He's thinking about you. He wants us there. He wants those who weren't his disciples, who weren't there in person with him, but will believe from because of the words that the disciples share over time. He wants all of us to believe, to be in him as the disciples are in him. And he is in God. He wants all of us to be one and united. Charles Spurgeon writes, the most tender and touching prayer of the master contained in this chapter opens up to us his innermost heart. He was in Gethsemane and his passion was just commencing. He stood like a victim at the altar where the wood was already laid in order and the fire was kindled to consume the sacrifice. Lifting up his eyes to heaven with, with, uh, with true filial love, gazing upon his father's throne, and resting in humble confidence upon heaven's strength, he looked away for a moment from the strife and resistance unto, unto blood which was going on below. He asked for that upon which his heart was most fully set. He opened his mouth wide, and his God might fill it. The prayer, I take it, was not only the casual expression of the Savior's desire at the last, but as a sort of model of the prayer which is incessantly going up from him to the eternal throne. There is a difference in the mode of its offering. With sighs and tears he offered up his humble suit below. But with authority he now pleads enthroned in glory. But the plea is the same. 
that which he desired while still below is that which his soul pants after now that he is taken up and is glorified above. It is significant, beloved, that the Savior should, in his last moments, not only desire the salvation of all his people, but should plead for the unity of the saved ones, that being saved, they might be united. He wants unity in in his church. He wants us all to be united with him and with God. And that being his final thoughts or his ending or near final thoughts, is critical. When you think about it, he was, again, thinking about us just prior to one of the worst times of his earthly life. It's amazing that he loves us so much. It's amazing that he loves me so much. And with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for who you are and for loving me. I don't know why. I'm definitely not awesome in that way, but you love me and you find me awesome. You've made me in a mysterious and fantastic way. And I'm grateful that you love me. I'm grateful for your forgiveness. And I'm grateful that you walk beside me and you live in me. I just pray, Father, for this day. I pray for a day in which I can focus on you and do what's right, that I would be honest, I would be truthful, I would be loving, I would be kind. And most of all, I'd be a great example of who you are. I praise you for this day. I just lift up our families. I lift up our nation. And I just pray that you would be, that we would turn them all over to you and trust in you and rest in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.